Well, we are just 14 days out from Christmas. And I'm not sure how you feel, but to a person, to a person, every single person I have talked to uh, this year is not excited about Christmas or ready for it to be here yet. Barring maybe Katie. But I'm telling you, because Katie's ready in October. But, but most people I talk to, right, when I ask them, you know, how are you? Are you ready for Christmas? Are you excited? Um, I don't know why, but when I talk to these folks, um, each day they are giving me these blank stares, like deer in headlights, like I can't believe that it's here yet. Or they're shaking their head. They can't believe how fast time is moving. It's like people can't process that we're at the end of the year. That's sort of how I'm feeling. On Thursday morning, Abby, my daughter, and I were getting ready for school, and we're the last ones out of the house, and so we were talking over breakfast. And she said to me, Daddy, just her on her own, she said, I can't believe that Christmas is 17 days away. So she's counting, and she's like, I can't believe it's 17 days away. It doesn't feel like Christmas. That's what she said. She said, it doesn't feel like Christmas is almost here this year. Even in the elementary school, where you'd think there'd be lots of energy and excitement about this, she feels like the days are just flying by, and she's not ready for Christmas. Now, I see the lights on the houses. I see that the trees are, are lit up. I see that the decorations are on the lawn. The radio is playing the Christmas music. And perhaps it's just me, but it seems that Christmas is just one more thing we're doing in life this year. Rather than it's the celebration of Jesus' birth, have you noticed that or is it just me? The tinsel and the lights, the stress and the workloads, the never-ending to-do lists, and our exhaustion, it all distracts from the true reason that we celebrate. And when we're distracted, joy is the first thing to go. When we're distracted, joy is the first thing to go. Today we lit the third candle of Advent in this Advent season. It's the pink candle because historically pink celebrates joy. In the church calendar, pink is this historical color of joy. And it's the third color that reminds us that uh, the joy of the world has been experienced uh, by us because Jesus has come into uh, the world. It's a pretty important candle. It actually marks the halfway point uh, between uh, the Advent season here. It's meant to encourage us as we approach Christmas, as we prepare our heads and our hearts for Christmas Day. But the tinsel and the lights, the stress and the workloads, the never-ending to-do list and the exhaustion, it all distracts us. It distracts us from the true reason that we celebrate. And when we are distracted, we lose our joy. So what can we do to refocus our attention and to find that joy that we want to hold on to as we approach Christmas? Now, we've been looking at Christmas through the eyes and the words of Isaiah these last couple of weeks. And today we're going to look at Isaiah chapter 35, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 10. Now, in the previous chapter leading up to Isaiah chapter 35, uh, Isaiah has laid out that God is not going to be mocked. Isaiah is essentially preaching to the nations, to the whole world. He's preaching out and he's saying, God is not going to be mocked. Now, Isaiah speaks a powerful message that says, listen, if you mess with God's people, if you ignore God, the consequences of that decision will not be pleasant. In Isaiah 34, we read about God's wrath. God's wrath is in store for those who go against God. That is how we set this 
stage today. That's what happens in, in chapter 34. And then in chapter 35, we see the other side of the story. God's wrath is in store for those who go against him, but there's hope for people who choose God. There's hope for people who choose God. In fact, there's a pastor, his name is David Guzik, and he wrote a commentary on chapter 35, and he titled this part of his commentary, A Highway of Holiness, the Restoration of the Land and God's People. A Highway of Holiness. And when I read for you chapter 35, this passage today, see if you get a feeling of relief from anxiety. Just see if, that, if, you, if you get that sense from chapter 35. A relief of anxiety, a connection with God, an abundance of a time, an abundance of time following a time of scarcity. See if you can pick up on these things. Isaiah chapter 35 helps the reader find joy when everything seems nearly impossible. It seems impossible. So let's read together Isaiah chapter 35, verses 1 through 10. And it says this, Even the wilderness and the desert will be glad in those days. The wasteland will rejoice and blossom with spring crocuses. Yes, there will be an abundance of flowers and singing and joy. The deserts will become as green as the mountains of Lebanon, as lovely as the Mount Carmel or the plain of Sharon. There the Lord will display his glory, the splendor of our God. With this news, strengthen those who have tired hands and encourage those who have weak knees. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong and do not fear, for your God is coming to destroy your enemies and he is coming to save you. And when he comes, he will open the eyes of the blind and he will unplug the ears of the deaf. The lame will leap like a deer and those who cannot speak will sing for joy. Springs will gush forth in the wilderness and streams will water the wasteland. The parched ground will become a pool. Springs of water will satisfy the thirsty land. Marsh grass and reeds and rushes will flourish where desert jackals once lived. And a great road will go through that once deserted land. It will be named the Highway of Holiness. Evil-minded people will never travel on it. It will be only for those who walk in God's ways. Fools will never walk there. Lions will not lurk along its course, nor any other ferocious beasts. There will be no other dangers. Only the redeemed will walk on it. Those who have been ransomed by the Lord will return. They will enter Jerusalem singing, crowned with everlasting joy. Sorrow and mourning will disappear, and they will be filled with joy and gladness. The tinsel and the lights, the trees and the workloads, the never-ending to-do list and the exhaustion, it all distracts us from the true reason we celebrate. And when we are distracted, we lose our joy. Isaiah reminded us here. He reminds us of where our joy is found. You know, it's hard for us to believe that a month ago, one month ago, the leaves were on the trees. And the leaves that were on the trees a month and a half ago, people were traveling all over the Northeast to go leaf peeping. They were enjoying the changing of the colors and the beauty of God's creation when they looked outside at nature. If you look outside today, you don't see that same effect of the leaves changing colors. The leaves are actually gone. 
Those that remain are brown. The plants are withering. They're dried up. There's a dead wasteland everywhere we go these days. The image of what we see outside is what Isaiah was talking about in chapter 34. What you see in the final days of fall is a good analogy for the kind of judgment that God will bring to bear on those who ignore him. And yet what we see in chapter 35 is that even the wilderness and the desert will be glad in those days. The wasteland will rejoice and blossom with spring crocuses. There is hope because one day the Messiah will come who will transform the wasteland into a beautiful, beautiful flowering garden. Now my most favorite observation in this passage that I've read for you this morning in chapter 35 comes in this next section. So I want to put it on the screen again for you. It's one of those passages that connects the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's one of those places where if you've ever thought, I feel like the Old Testament is about this old, angry, mean God. It's about this angry, vengeful God. And the New Testament is about this God of grace and love, and, and, and I don't see how they fit together. I don't see how they're really part of the same Bible. If you've ever felt that, this is a connecting point here in chapter 35. Here you're going to see Isaiah prophesying about the Messiah some 700 years before Jesus was born. And you're going to see Jesus quoting from Isaiah to tell the entire world exactly who he is. Here's the quote that we see from Isaiah about the Messiah. This is Isaiah 700 years before Jesus saying these words. And when he comes, he will open the eyes of the blind and unplug the ears of the deaf. The lame will leap like a deer and those who cannot speak will sing for joy. Springs will gush forth in the wilderness and streams will water the wasteland. Now let's flash forward 700 years from Isaiah saving, saying these words. 700 years or so, you've got John the Baptist. John the Baptist was in prison for preaching about the Messiah. He became discouraged while he was in prison. And honestly, he began to wonder, is Jesus really the Messiah? He began to wonder about this. And he wondered if he was the Messiah as he had been proclaiming him to be. So John sent his disciples to speak to Jesus and ask him once and for all, are you the Messiah? When John's disciples brought this question to Jesus, this is what Jesus said. He said, go and tell John the things which you hear and see. The blind will see, the lame will walk, the lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up and the poor will have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me, said Jesus. If Jesus did not use the exact words of Isaiah 35, he at least used the same sentiment of Isaiah 35. He used the same idea. Jesus was telling John, be encouraged. The Messiah has come to bring God's salvation and that he would be accompanied by miraculous power. Friends, I don't know if you're discouraged this year. I don't know if you're feeling overwhelmed or overlooked. Maybe you're confused about your next steps in life, where you're going, or even how you're going to get there. Perhaps the lights and the tinsel and the presents aren't doing it for you this year. If joy in the season is eluding you, 
be encouraged that your wasteland will blossom and rise again. Remember, the joy of the season isn't found in the presence. It's not found in the Christmas trees or the time off from school or even the time off from work and time with family and friends. The joy of Christmas is that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but will have everlasting life. That is the joy. Our joy is in the hope that we have because we worship a God who is with us in life and in death. Emmanuel means God with us. Our God came into the flesh to become human, to relate to us, to know our struggles, to know our pains, to know our desires, and to know our dreams. God came to walk with us so that we might know that we are never alone. And that is the greatest joy that any one of us can ever, ever know. Earlier I mentioned David Guzik and his commentary, The Highway of Holiness, A Restoration of the Land and God's People. And he gave it this title because Isaiah tells us that if we were to come to God when life feels like a wasteland, when we come to God barren and hopeless, when we come to God feeling dry and used up by life, if we're blind to what lies ahead or deaf to the positive self-talk that would encourage us, if we are weak and we are barely able to stand day after day and it marches on and on, or even if we are crippled in our faith, but we believe in Jesus, God with us, the miraculous power of Jesus comes to change us. The joy, the joy that we have is that Jesus can heal you and provide for you when you trust him with your life. But the joy doesn't stop there. The joy doesn't stop there. His healing and his providing for you continues to make a highway of holiness that we can walk on. When we stick on God's highway of holiness, even though his work in us isn't complete yet, even if we're foolish and we make mistakes and we don't comprehend everything about faith, we are safe because we're on the highway of holiness. There are guardrails around the dangerous curves of life and he keeps us from falling off as he develops wisdom and maturity in us that will keep us on the highway. So in this season, on this Sunday, when we light the third candle of joy, Ask yourself, am I on the highway of holiness? Am I making progress on that highway? Am I enjoying the trip? Am I enjoying the travel? Am I enjoying the journey on this highway? And am I inviting others to come along with me on this journey and join me? Because joy is found when we look beyond our troubles and we find ourselves walking on the road that God has provided. If we ignore God in this season and we allow the tinsel and the lights and the presence to be our focus, we will get distracted, we will get discouraged, we will lose our joy. If the hustle and bustle of the holidays consume your thoughts this week, you will certainly lose your joy. But if we see ourselves walking on the highway of holiness and we rem remember that in life and in death, God is with us. 
if we seek to enjoy some part of every day and we invite someone to come along with us for the journey. If we invite others and help them, others will find the same joy that we have at this Christmas time. And that's the greatest gift that anyone can ever receive. Amen. And God, we want to ask your forgiveness for the times where we take our sights off of you and we look around at all the things that distract us. Lord, all the hustle and bustle, all the things that would undo us, the tinsel and the lights, the trees and the presents, all of those things are good, but they are not the best. Lord, they are, they are compliments to you and finding joy in you this season. When our joy is in you, and it is found in you that all that other stuff is just so much better. And so, God, we pray that you would help us to fight back and to push back against those things that would draw our attention and distract us from you and steal our joy this week. Let us set our sights on you and walk on the highway of holiness that you have prepared for each and every one of us this Advent season. We pray this today in Jesus' name. Amen.